Right. Welcome back to another episode of Whole Lot of Mid, the number one footballing podcast in the world, voted by absolutely nobody. I'm Lies. I'm Ritwick, and we're back after a one-week hiatus. Yeah, one-week hiatus. Break. <laughs> the worst week of my life. But uh, Honestly, yeah, we're back. Uh, back to talk about the it, was, it was a it was a nice break from the, the the terrible teams we follow and love. The doom and gloom of Manchester United. But uh, exactly. that's a story for later. So we're going to start off today's episode, episode three, with some um, shout-outs to some people on our Twitter account. We recently yeah, made yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, shout-out, yo. Shout-out, yo. So give our first shout-out to, let's see, have this going, T-Boy Meza. I think one of the Oh, my boys. God. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah, I mean, I don't know. I can't believe this. This is actually shocking. So, I'm uh, actually convinced that he's rigged the vote, but uh, congratulations, bro. You're our first shout-out. Thank you for following. Thank you for all the clout that you give us every single day. And I uh, appreciate you. Who's our next guy? Our next guy after this puffers. Say Mosbuziti, I'll leave. We go to Ebs. Ebs is 96. Man United and uh, Philadelphia Sixers fan. Darth Vader guy. Oh, brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a terrible start. <laughs> oh, bro, dude. Come on now. You can't, can't treat your followers like this. Nah, nah. We've, we've had our differences in the past, but you're the guy, bro. Congratulations. Shout out you. All right, number three, we go to Prithvi Kapoor, Chelsea fan from India. Sound guy, sound guy. Oh, that's your guy. Follow up, follow up, follow up. Great yeah, guy. guy. Really, really nice dude. Follow up. Number four, R9 Murad, United fan. Um, uh, follow him. Another, another great guy. Thanks for your support, dude. And uh, yeah. Yeah, my G. Yeah. Thank you. Last guy. Who's the look at Last guy, um, at R Mishra twenty six. Shut the fuck up. I heard he's I heard, <laughs> I heard he's really cool, man. I heard he's really cool. Probably top two accounts and not two. No, no, but uh, smoke on Twitter. Nah, nah, relax, relax. No, but for real, uh, at AZ Better Troll. Uh, funny guy, funny sound guy, funny guy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, those are our uh, shout outs for our first uh, first yeah, five yeah, shout outs yeah. of the week. And uh, you nah, know, follow follow them. Yeah. yeah, appreciate them. Follow them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people who don't follow, try, if you're trying to get your name uh, out there, you know, make sure you yeah, follow. Yeah. We'll have a we'll have a different we'll have a different uh, giveaway next week. It probably won't be the same thing just because like you guys all already follow us, but we'll do something. Thank you for all the support as always, man. I mean, what one week, eighty-one followers on Twitter. We're basically bad, big time now. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I put the I put the application in for the blue uh, verification chip. Yeah, so, yeah it should be coming anytime. Yeah, 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 yeah so. for sure. All right, but, so yeah, what's uh, up, you guys? Let's get this started then. All right, where do you want to start? The Premier League. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about uh, the champions losing to lowly Norwich. Decent game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you saw Guardiola today? Fardiola? Bam, I cried when he said that. <laughs> My guy has a burner account on football Twitter. Bro, he, he comes out of the games and you see after a 5-1 victory seeing Fardiola on the TL, bro. <laughs> but, nah, yeah, was this, was, this, was a, this was an interesting game. I think interesting from the start. Um, from the lineups itself, KDB on the bench. Um, after after a hot start for KDB, I know like I'm a huge outspoken critic, rightly so. I'm sad, yo. <laughs> but uh, give my man no, his credit, like, man. He balled in a national break as well, you know. Three assists, yeah, yeah, one goal. I mean, he was playing against some uh, farmers. He's real so relaxed. Playing against Scott McDominay, that's one of the best. <laughs> oh, my God. anyways, anyways. So it was surprising, uh, you know, Pep's rotation. He's notorious for rotating, but he usually leaves, you know, Sterling and. 
KDB, you know, nine times out of ten. So it was I'll surprising. Tell you what was more shocking, actually. It was that Norwich were missing, what, ten of their players, right? Right, right. Norwich were missing pretty much everyone. They only had one fit center back, I think. That's crazy. But, yeah, the, um, Rio was really big on him. I forget his name right now, but, you know, Rio was clamoring. He had, he had the Rio Fernandez seal of approval. Grant Hanley, you know? I think, I think that's who it was. Uh, it's one of the centre-backs. I, I know they were playing the one like Alexander Tete, bro. I could not believe I saw his name still in the Norwich lineup. So That guy's been there for a time. I mean, we've already seen, you know, City... I mean, all I'm saying is KDB back, five points dropped already. Coincidence? Uh, no, no, but, but, like, uh, what, do you, what do you make out of City's early, you know, early dip? Five I'm not going to I'm not going to lie, Are you afraid? Man. Here's the thing, like we can't. Me and you, like as everyone knows, we're United fans, but we can't win here. We genuinely can't win. It's either a City three peat, or or the Reds, or the Reds get their first title in what twenty six years. I I'm if I were a City fan, I'd be nervous, man. I think City are genuinely one loss away from this whole thing being over because this Liverpool team, fam, they are rampant. They can't lose. I don't know who's going to beat them, and they're like, I think they're going to beat us at Old Trafford. I think they could go on a huge run. And City, man, everyone who had any doubts about how important Imeric Laporte was for that team, oh, sure, dude. I mean, you look at you look at City allegedly not spending five or ten million on, on Maguire this summer. Yeah, as it could be a huge. Like, I mean, we already know, like, this City team, they spent two hundred million on their back four. Like, Pep was ready to buy Mares after Sane was out for a couple months. You know, a couple yep. seasons ago. So we're not going to be shocked when City are in the market for a left back or a center back in January. I, Toby Alderweireld, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back. And, um, with the no cup tied rule anymore, Champions League yeah, no cup tied. That is you big. Could see, you could see them going after someone like Koulibaly if they really need to. I definitely agree. But like I was saying, that I'm genuinely, if I were a City fan, obviously you have the best team in the country, and I think, I think honestly, losing the Premier League early, not saying it's going to happen. Let's not overreact, but losing it could potentially be a blessing if you guys are really looking forward to the Champions League this year. We know how tough it was last year going neck to, neck and neck with Liverpool until the last day and it did hurt your hurt your season in the Champions League. So, who knows, maybe that maybe that lets you concentrate on that more, but if I'm a City fan, man, it's not looking too good. That's that's what five I mean, points dropped. Yeah, I mean again, it's really early in the season, you know, Liverpool could drop points here and there like I remember, what, two seasons ago, they drew against Everton in the second game or something. I mean, United yeah. had a little bit of a lead, in, but, you know, I, mean, I don't, actually don't thing, think... Here's the thing, though, that United team was, was shite. Like, you look at this Liverpool Right, right. Team. But, I mean, we didn't, we didn't drop points, really, until that Liverpool game later in October. You know, we dropped right, points. We, so, we had the Stoke game, too. Yeah, 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 but, like, it was pretty much neck and neck with City until this Liverpool game and on. But, I mean, to be honest, I don't really think there's anything to... Like, it happens, you know, City over the years have had games like this. Um, I, defending I just was worry, just, defending I was just, just worry, shocking. Exactly. I just worry about their their that back two man. Otamendi and Stones are absolutely shambolic. We we talk about Lindelof as United fans being worried every time. Our defense actually looks pretty solid compared to theirs, man. Like, I mean, there's you know, it's like Pep's, Pep's philosophy, right? Like, you know, Pep and Mourinho are like both defensive coaches. They would like to say, but Pep's idea of defensive football is just if I have the ball, you physically can't score. Like, yep, it's impossible. Yep, yep, yep. So. It's just the fact that when they play a team that's a high-octane transition team that actually goes at them, that like Norwich were in the beginning, you know, can that back four hold up? You know, Mendy is just, like Zinchenko is, is, is a, he's a tidy player, but... He's decent, but he's not, he's not the best left back in the world. Kyle Walker has his days, but 
I think I think it's sooner rather than later that we see Cancelo get put into that role. But I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what Cancelo to do to get a game. It's kind of shocking. He hasn't. I think it. it's coming, man. I think it's. I think he'll definitely play in the weekend. I think. I uh, sorry during the week in the Champions League. I think he'll definitely play in there. But I, and anyways, it's not like Walker is the weak link in there. I think it's just the, that back two. There's very little chemistry. It seems in between them. And Otamendi has a mistake in him at all times. But I mean, moving on to Norwich. Like, wow, what a flying start to the campaign for them. I remember yeah. after the first game, they were trying to clown. I know a lot of people were trying to clown on them for, for playing too naive. And maybe they did play a little too naive at Anfield. But it really shows that when a coach, his mentality, like when his philosophy of football can be like transmitted through to the 11 players, like you can get results like this. I mean, they got they have a nice, you know, front three slash like trident going with Uki, yep. obviously. They have uh, what, Cantwell? Yep, Cantwell. And then they have the Argentine uh, Budenia or whatever his last name is. Yeah, that's, that's a decent front three. Argentina. I mean, they just have a lot of good... Again. <laughs> they just have a lot of decent, good, young players. I mean, I, I could see next year a lot... Puki obviously is a little older, but I could see a lot of those... Uh, who, who's the left back that they have? Uh, I can't remember what his name is, but he's quite good. They got uh, Air, uh, Max Ahrens on the, on the right. Yeah. Jamal Lewis. Yeah. Jamal Lewis on the left. Yeah, he's quite good. Yeah, they have a decent team, and like, wow. I I was I personally think I look back at the last few promoted teams that have really impressed me. I look at Swansea in 2011, obviously when Lodger took over, and they won, I think, what was the Capital One Cup in their second year. Wolves, of course, last year were really good. But uh, I, honestly, I think Norwich, obviously it's early days, but they're looking just as good as anyone, man. They play some really good stuff. Yeah. It's, and I, I think they're... Goes, but- they're the team, right? That that didn't spend a they didn't sign a single player to their team. I think this summer. No, I think they did, but it was like a. I think the record. I think it was like twelve million or something. Yeah, no. it wasn't much. I because yeah. I. I mean, you and that's the thing. I think with maybe, a lot of I, maybe, teams, uh, maybe even if that. Yeah, I think that's that, that's I think we have to look at with promoted teams. I mean, you see Fulham last year, you see Villa this year. You look at QPR. Do you remember the, the signings they would yeah, make? Yeah, yeah, dude, all the. I, it, all yeah. the mid-table ballers back in the day, they yeah. were signing. I remember when they bought Rio Ferdinand, like, uh, like when he was released by United. Like, I think, I think it just shows that like a little bit of stability. Even Sheffield United are showing this year that a little bit of stability from the team that brought you up. Trust the guys that brought you up, and uh, the faith will be repaid. So, big ups to Norwich. I mean, wow, that's definitely got to be the result of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, five games in, do you think, uh, how do you rate their chances of surviving? Oh, I think survival is bang on, man. I think survival is definitely bang on. I can't see a team that that uh that good in possession going down, to be honest. Plus, the Premier League, there's a few there's a few weaker teams, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we but, can uh, go we into can, uh, yeah, we can go into that later. Question about that. So the other team, the top team right now, five points clear, as we said, Liverpool. Um, yep. they put they were the early game. They were the early game uh, this weekend. Um, yep. they played Newcastle, a dangerous opponent. Um, yeah, Newcastle took the lead actually. Yeah, I mean, but. I guess Liverpool, you know, did their business. I mean, or... when you have players like Ma- Sadio Mane, man, I mean, we talk about Salah, of course, all the time, but Sadio Mane is, he, every week he just, like, he, his reputation just keeps rising. What a player. Yeah. That that second goal he scored was sensational. And also look at Firmino, you know. Firmino, I think, is really, yep. his link-up, I think, this season has been next level. Definitely. They didn't start him, actually, this game. They started Origi this game. But, uh, yeah, 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 Firmino he, came on, had had the, had the this incredible pass for Salah's goal, man. Right, yeah. So, I mean, they just don't seem... I mean, I thought they would slow down. They still might, but right now they're showing no signs of Ross. They are speeding up, if anything. I mean, you look at them, too. They're always a team that can hurt in the Champions League. The last two finalists. <sighs> Big up Klopp, man. What a manager. <laughs> what a job he's doing with them. Honestly, he's, he's probably... 
him and Pep are probably neck and neck top yeah, two managers. You know, we like to berate Klopp, but I mean, you, nah, know, both, you, you and I both wanted Klopp him back in 2013. Yeah, I think genuinely, you look back, he was the natural successor to Sir Alex Ferguson. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure the the hierarchy at United are just kicking themselves every time they see Liverpool results. And if you look at it, really, Liverpool is the team, is the club, sorry, that United is trying to be at this point. You kind of see like the way they're they're trusting more the youth, trusting more like former players, the way they're being run. I think it's very clear that they're trying to model the way they're run, just how Liverpool are. Which I mean, fair enough. They're they're run tremendously. Yeah, but uh, we can so, move on. We can move on to our team, our, our our interesting, interesting Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, another another game, another penalty. I wow! Feel, you know, for once, a goal. <laughs> Ole Ball either is a Dan James Golazo or a penalty. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Like how many penalties we've got this season? Like, when I you, think what's what, cra- what, what's crazier is that all of them have honestly been stonewall penalties as well. Yeah, like sometimes yeah. you get like a, a few fluky ones in here, but I would say every penalty that we've had this year has been definitely stonewall. In fact, we probably missed a few. Yeah, we probably should have passed him. Yeah. game for sure, yeah. But, it, but yeah, it was a weird somehow, game, man. I mean, somehow we're fourth place right now. I, I, very, feel? very weird. I mean, first of all, I don't think either of us expected anything going into this game this weekend, man. Leicester unbeaten throughout the campaign. Us missing possibly our two best players in Martial and Pogba. I, I I genuinely expected a loss or a draw, not to sound negative, but wow. I mean, and the thing is, United didn't play well either. I, I wouldn't say United came out and shocked us. Like, I wouldn't say, wow, we, we showed that we're a better team without Pogba. I think, really, Leicester were very, very, very poor, very sloppy in the first few minutes. I know, I think, you, what, you said you missed the, the first 20 minutes? Yeah, I woke up, I woke up late, so I, I missed the first 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I would say Leicester came out very sloppy. And I mean, you look at the penalty that Rashford got, just... First of all, Leicester fans, all you Leicester fans that were ta- telling me Soyuncu was better than Harry Maguire, uh, please at me. Please come into my mentions. You're chatting shit. But uh, yeah, t- really sloppy tackle on Rashford. I think even the, the first few minutes, uh, Maguire ball over the top to Dan James. He cuts in and has a great opportunity to shoot. Bad foul. Pereira almost scores from that. So yeah, the thing with United, it's weird. Like Sometimes we start like exceptionally well, which I would say we did in this game. We were definitely on the front foot. The moment we get that first goal, I mean, it kind of just it all goes to shit. Yeah, I mean, we just don't seem like we're ever going to get a second unless they unless they score. Yeah, or or unless they just commit mistakes, and that's the problem. Like we're purely a counterattacking team, and I don't know how I don't know how uh, what's the word for it? How consistent this can be? Like I think at the end of the day, I'm delighted with the three points. Like. Like you said, I can't believe we're in fourth place. It's genuinely but, bad. I mean, I think one thing that you know just can't be debated is how good United have looked defensively. Yeah, you know, for like, sure, for sure. I mean, I think far a few Maguire and, individual mistakes, yeah. we would. Ha- yeah, well, Maguire and ABB have just completely transformed the back. I mean, we've only conceded what four goals. Yeah, and they and they've joined, all lost mistakes. To be honest with you, or yeah, I mean, just mistakes. just joint. I think we're joint with Liverpool for least conceded right now. And, Maguire, I mean, I, I was I tweeted actually. I think if our midfield wasn't as poor as it was, and we could have scored a few more goals, Maguire's impact on this team this year would be close to what Van Dyke's was when he joined the Liverpool team. And I just I, just the tackle that he had on Demer Gray, where mm-hmm. he just completely shoved him to the ground and like he just kind of like stood there for a second. Wow. I think he has United captain uh, material written all over him. I wouldn't be surprised in a few years. Yeah, and then, as you were saying, AWB quality, man, quality. And he looks better going forward too. I think. I think it's definitely improving. 
He's his um his passing and his ball retention are very underrated. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. It's just I guess it's just that, you know, the standard of, you know, Trent's going forward and those like exceptional consistent crosses is just what yep. the barometer is. And so I mean yep. I wouldn't say AVB is, you know, terrible going forward. He's just nowhere as good as Trent. But you know, defensively it's not a mistake. It's not a question. It's a, it's a, it's sensational. And I, I think too, like I think honestly, I don't think he's a bad crosser. I think genuinely the problem with him, it's not even a problem. He looks he just looks very uncomfortable. But like he does yeah. get the job done. Like it just looks like very like doesn't look as natural as when um Trent Alexander Arnold is going up, of course. Also, we don't but, you know have we don't have like that certified, you know, goal scorer in the team that would make, you know, some bad crosses look good or like, you know, yeah. get on those half chances. And also, I mean, you look at who we're playing on the right. We're playing Andreas Pereira. I think if you put a real a real figure in there, a real personality player. You obviously take a little away from AWB, like having to, to completely dominate the right side. So, you know, with all these injuries before the game, I think a lot of us thought, you know, this is going to be the game that, you know, Mason Greenwood would get 90, would, you know, Angel Gomez would break in the squad. Are you starting to doubt Ole's, you know, youth um, philosophy? And, you know, he like talks a lot about, you know, giving. He, he, definitely, talks, he definitely talks the talk, but so far, I mean, I, I did like, I don't know, Th- Tahis Chong came in for a few. For the last twenty minutes, he actually tore Ricardo Pereira apart. Absolutely yeah, I mean, destroyed him. He, kid couldn't pass, but you know he looked lively. Yeah, he he's definitely a very raw player. I I genuinely don't believe he's a United level player, but I mean he did pretty well when he came on. Who was the other sub? Who did they bring on? Twan Zabi came on at the end. Uh, who was the other guy that came on? Uh, ah, Fred. Fred came on. Definitely yeah. happy to see Fred. He he, he had a good impact on the game. But yeah, like going back to the youth. Yeah, I don't really know. Ole, Ole loves talking about how he loves giving youth a chance, but what is this, five games in a row now that Angel Gomez doesn't see the field? And, I mean, really, I'm afraid we're going to look at a Jaden Sancho situation coming up, man. I generally don't – I can't see him staying at United. Angel Gomez? Yeah, I, I can't see it. I mean, I think it's kind of productive. Like, if you're not going to let them play for their U20, the under-23s or 21s or whatever, you know, why not have them staying on the bench? Yeah, he, that's, a, that's another thing. If he's if, – if he's not making the the under twenty threes or the under eight or whatever it is, there's no like I I can't see the point in him coming and watching Nemanja Matic play worse than him for ninety minutes. I I can't see the purpose of it. That like you were saying, Mason Greenwood. I I, I think he is a little overhyped by United fans, but still like compared to what we have, this is a guy yeah. that what Cyrus said that we sold Lukaku to give him chances. I mean, <laughs> stick by your word, my friend. I think that if this Thursday, if they don't feature, I think that's yeah. going to be a huge damning, you know. Who are they, who are they playing? Astana? Yeah, yeah some, Damn, I don't, I don't even know. know what they play. Where are they from? Kazakhstan, probably? Couldn't tell you. United has a poor Europa League uh, poor Europa League group, too. I mean, where they have to go? Astana? I think they have Azad Alkmaar, which isn't bad, but they have another team that's like super far away. So, yeah, they definitely should be giving the youth a chance there, but in the Premier League, I I don't I don't like what who do we play next week West Ham, I don't I I can't see a win there to be honest. Mostly, hopefully, you know some of the you know hopefully Martial will be back. Yeah, Pogba will be back. So, some of you will think that's hot. Some of you will think that's good. Some of you will think that's bad. But, yeah, you know, you're, t- you're, talk, you're chatting shit if you think that's bad. To be honest, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, but you know, talking about youth, we can go to the. Uh, west of London, where youth are flourishing right now in Chelsea. Yo, Jamie uh, Abraham, madness. Dude, whoever, whoever racially abused him, bro, you you woke up a monster. 
Hey, Pogba, you're next, bro. <laughs> nah, on a real though. <laughs> Demi Abraham has been wow. The, the way he's definitely responded to the the abuse that he received, which again we we did completely shut down. Like no, no place in that for football and football. But uh, yeah, incredible. And if you saw the goals he scored, man. I mean, that's I don't know what the, you want. You want number nine to do that, you know? He showed you know, great. I don't know where feet. the Jamie nickname came from. Looking at that, those goals, man. But you know, it might be time to retire that nickname, bro. I think so, and I mean, it, ran, it might have ran its course. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people clown on Mason Mount too. I, what is that? Three goals in five games now. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, a decent I mean, project going on, man. Lampard, you know, he's he's got them. He's got them going. He's got them having running right, and you know, going into the Champions League this week, next week. Talk, talk they about a, they have a pretty good easy group. Yeah, talk about giving youth a chance too. They had Tamori uh, uh, playing center back. Yeah, scored a scored a scored a uh, beautiful great goal. goal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. For so, me though, for me though, the the main focus from this game, uh, obviously, I was watching the United game, so I, I wasn't paying attention to this game. But looking just looking at the result, it's astounding to see where Wolves were last year uh, compared to this year. Wolves Wolves finished what eighth place last year, semifinalists mm-hmm. in the FA Cup. And uh, just goes to show again the the curse of the Europa League never fails. Yeah, it's kind of it really is surprising, you know, going to the Mall and you, it's always a tough game. And, yeah, Chelsea, you know, Chelsea blew them away. Yeah, so right now Wolves are where are 19th, Wolves? Nineteenth. Uh, Wolves are nineteenth place. Yeah, so that's they, they haven't won a game yet. They they drew their first three and uh, lost their their next two. I can't see that staying, but definitely. Nah, they they have a good enough squad to be honest. And I, I like I was saying about uh, Norwich, like the, there's a lot of teams in the Premier League this year that are a good good level below those teams. Again, we'll go into that later, but I think Wolves will be okay. But one thing I'm not so sure about is what's his name? Uh, ah, the the, the Nuno uh, Espirito San, uh, Santos. I don't know how secure his job is to be honest. You think Maybe if they progress in the Europa uh, League, but. You think Jose Mourinho is going to start, you know, lurking around? <laughs> I mean, Jorge Mendes. Portuguese is, man. Jorge Mendes is lurking, bro. So, Anyways, uh, what's next? Arsenal. Oh, my God. Uh, bro, I've been waiting this, for this for a long time to clown you this, absolute fools. This was hilarious. <laughs> but we can start off. Um, so Lacazette out for a couple months. So I did see that, actually. I completely forgot yeah, that he was injured. Wow. Yeah, he was injured. So, you know, you put... Obama Yang up top, and lo and behold, he scores a great first goal. And what he does, um, man. yeah, I mean, we we like to clown him, but he's a goal scorer at the end of the day. He's a he's a natural goal scorer. Yeah, he's exactly what they need. Yeah, I mean, Ozil beautiful through ball for uh, AMN to and then to set up uh, Obama Yang with a tap in, and he really did point, nothing the whole game, bro. Like it, it's incredible, Obama Yang, how, how how great of a poacher he is. I was uh, funny story. I was. I was going to a, a soccer game, and uh, my friend in the back, shout out Ibrahima, uh, he was watching uh, Arsenal on his phone, and they were up 2-0, and I, again, they yeah, were being completely outplayed by Watford. They didn't play well today, but 2-0, Aubameyang, two chances, two goals, and we're just sitting in, we're just sitting in the car, and what, we ex- 45 minutes go by, we expect Arsenal to cruise, and lo and behold, the curse of the away game strikes again. Tom Cleverly, former United hero, gets one, I mean, and then like like that goal was just comedy, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it basically was... sums up David Luiz and Socrates. Well, both of them had mistakes, right? I think David Luiz gave up yeah. the penalty. And but... honestly, Watford should have won it right at the end. Yeah, Ducari missed the yeah, right at the end, man. But so uh, biggest shot from that 30, 31, 38 shots to seven. 
That's crazy. That's actually nuts. I mean, Unai Emery, you have blood on your hands. This is this is Arsenal Football Club. This isn't this isn't Sevilla. This isn't Valencia. This isn't whatever bum club he's managed. This isn't Valladolid. This is Arsenal, man. I mean, look at the Wenger days. This is, Wenger's teams were teams that got thirty-eight shots up, not right. not seven. I mean, and the funny thing is, he's you know he sets up himself so pragmatically. You know, against Watford of all teams, first of all, and then you set up yourself so you know pragmatically and everything, yep. and you have your teams giving up thirty-eight shots. Like, ah. I mean, uh, shout out to this one dude on Twitter, bro, who brought this to my attention. Like, he was bringing up, uh, so you know, before Emery, before Arsenal, you know, he managed PSG. We all know that how and that ended with the six-one, yep. um, and then also that sub when he subbed Cavani off. Um, in the Champions League against Madrid, and that completely turned the tie. Yeah. Um, we remember how, you know, Sevilla, I guess, you know, he won three. Yeah, Europa, Europa League. League success, but he never had La Liga success. Yeah, yeah, but now we move on to Valencia, bro. And this was the Valencia <laughs> team that had Mata, Villa, uh, David Silva, and some other guys. Dude, Joaquin. Just, jo- Joaquin was mad. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So, Joaquin was a baller. Someone brought this to my attention, you know. This is one of the funniest pictures. Maybe I'll probably tweet this. We'll probably tweet this on the account. But yeah. <laughs> Valencia, Valencia take the lead. Right, they take the lead in the twentieth with like David, uh, with the David Silva or something scores. Then David Madrid, Silva, yeah. yeah, yeah, Madrid go down to ten men. So when someone gets sent off, this man has the audacity, Emery, to tell his players to start hoofing the ball. This, <laughs> this is one of the most technical teams of all time. It's four of the most technical players of all time, and he's just telling them to hoof the ball up. And Real Madrid, knowing this, get the ball and just give it to Robin, and Robin just does what he does, and he. T- and Real Madrid score four unanswered. Then another Madrid player gets sent off, and then they score a consolation goal. Valencia score a consolation goal. <laughs> but like the cowardness that this man just emits. I think I think that's the perfect word for it, man. He might be the biggest coward in managerial football, man. I think we look at Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho is as much as you can hate his play style. That's what he's trying to do. Like his he has an ideology. It's like his ideology is that. If we have the ball, there's a threat that you can get the ball and score on us in the counter. So my goal is to sit back and counter against you. Emery doesn't have a plan, bro. I'm just convinced he's a coward. There's no way he can be considered pragmatic when you buy 34-year-old David Luiz and allow 38 shots to Watford. That's not that's not pragmatism. That's just cowardice. So, I mean, like, <laughs> oh, like still, I mean, it's nice for Pepe, I guess. Him and Dan James on the level sheet for the first time. <laughs> but, you know... Wingers, like someone, I think someone made this great point on Twitter. Like, you know, wingers under, um, like those creative wingers, other than Neymar, they don't look good under Emery. You know, he likes those workhorse, those like, you know, Lucas Vasquez type kind of players. Did you like, see the lineup that uh, Emery put out today? He yeah, had yeah. Ceballos on the left. I think it was Xhaka and, uh, who I can't, Guendouzi. Yeah. I care, Ozil in the hole. Ceballos on the left and Pepe on the right, but I mean Pepe, man, he looks so lost. I I, I know Pepe is a good player. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a good player. Keep like, it, let's keep it a hundred. Like he's better than Dan James, bro. But man, he looks so lost out there. Yeah, I mean, like he's just gonna like. <coughs> I don't know. I just don't see him making anyone flourish. Like Obama Yang, you just kind of isolate him. Other than as someone's not you know serving him up with goals, like he's just isolated from the game. And, you know, Xhaka is just just that back four, five, six, whatever you want to call it. Like, it just doesn't work. They're just plastic yeah, on. Right? If, if we're keeping it real, when I am, you're a schmuck. Uh, I think your time at Arsenal is coming to an end. Like, 
I love it. You- I, I, I've been I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Arsenal fans, you've been piping up on Twitter, very confident. Oh, we got Nicola Pepe. We have the best front two. This is what you are, man. You are a top four contending club. Welcome back to reality. So, so something you know, like. Um, and I brought up I brought up Mourinho recently, but like, I, you could, could you see Arsenal being an actual rest nation for Mourinho if they decide to part with? Nah, 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 nah. You don't think you would take the job? I, I don't think they would offer him the job. Really. No, nah, I don't think, think so. Th- you think they would go like a more like, uh, you know, I think Allegri. Kind of? I think Allegri. I think Allegri is the next Arsenal manager. Really? You you think yeah, I think Allegri is the next Arsenal manager. Well, I just think, think I think Jose Mourinho is like he's. I don't think any club is any top club is going to touch him. I really don't think so. I I think even Real Madrid will not touch him. Do you think it's because <laughs> of his style, or do you think it's because of his you know off no, the field you know just style. like his. Yeah, because like Allegri and Mourinho are both, you know, terrorists no, in their own yeah, rights. Yeah, yeah, no, but they're terrorists on the football field. Jose yeah, Mourinho yeah. is a terrorist in the dressing room, and that's why I think I think Real Madrid is hell bent on Paul Pogba, whether it's Zidane or Real Madrid, and I don't think Jose Mourinho and Paul Pogba will ever work together again. And also, I just I just think his track record the last few years, at least before, whatever you think of his style, he was getting the results. And I, you look at the last five years under Chelsea and uh, Man United. There's nothing to suggest that his 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 demeanor is like backed up by his results. So I don't think any. T- I think he'll have to go rebuild his uh, his career either internationally or with a smaller club because I don't think a team like Arsenal will take a chance on him. Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah. let's. Uh, so I think that's like a pretty comprehensive roundup of England. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. decent weekend, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, interesting weekend for United, but you know. We'll <laughs> Uh, let's move to France, and this was this was a funny game. This is a hilarious mm. game. So, <laughs> first of all, shout out to Nike for making some fire kits for PSG. Rah, those kits are fire. I need so, that. That white that white Neymar kit is a cop. So obviously, this was Neymar's first game back since his yeah. alleged move. Since and it's funny because Neymar after the game, his his like uh, what's funnier than what the the fans are doing is what Neymar said after the game. Neymar said, "Every he he said everyone knows I wanted to leave. It's not a it's not, a, it's not like a um, a secret. But then he's like, you know, like the fans hate me, so like I'm gonna play every game as an away game or something. But you know, 90 minutes, no Mbappe. Also, um, did Cavani play? I don't I don't think Cavani. Played. No, Cavani's injured as well. Icardi played. So it's pretty much Neymar and 10 bums out there. Hey, just don't disrespect under her like that. Don't respect Bradley. my guy is finally my guy is finally signing." Outside of the theater of nightmares, never no, under Herrera. These PSG ultras weren't playing around. Did you see some of the signs they had, bro? Serious stuff. But the thing is, I don't blame them. I know, I know you're more of a player, a, a pro player guy. But if, but if you Neymar did, did that at United, bro, fam, I'd buy myself a ticket and boo him myself. Nah, he like, disrespected okay. the club, bro. By by trying to leave. Yes, but you, he's, you not, think he's that- not playing for no. This is what people need to understand, fam. Paris is first of all one of the best destinations to go as a player. And second of all, it's not like it's not like he's playing with bums, man. He's he's playing with one of the be- the better teams in Europe. So what? It didn't go well the first two years. So you're gonna go bounce back to where you want, where you came from, which already you disrespected that team, in my opinion. So yeah, I think I think as PSG fans, they have the right to feel absolutely disrespected. And what? Now he's gonna come. Hey, I mean he's Neymar, so he can come back and, and ball if he wants. But I can't blame the fans for for dis- for booing him. I mean, okay, like. I, I'll definitely agree, like, you can feel upset or something, but I think, like, the level of, you know, it's, like, the level of the stuff that yeah, you're saying. And yeah, the but stuff, that, that's like, just, I mean, like, we see Italy, man, it's even worse over there, but okay, I think yeah, that's of course, just, of course. I think that's just football. But this is from an own fan. England this is, is from your own fan. 
Yeah, but I think the thing is they don't expect him to be here next year. Like, I this is a very like, short term thing. Like, I mean, do they do they they see what their team is without him, right? Like, I mean, yeah, but the thing is, PSG have been bad before. Like, these fans didn't become PSG fans. Like these ultras, it's not like this isn't like the right, higher right. they're higher up PSG fans that come now that it's Paris is like desirable. These are like fans that have been there when like Nene was balling in Paris. So for them, like football will exist once Neymar goes, man. I definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from. There was some harsh stuff that they said, but uh, yeah, that's just how ultras are, man. I mean, if PSG ever want to be a relevant team in Europe, like it's not going to be with Mbappe leading them. It's Neymar has to be at the front, and you know, had he not been injured one of these last couple of seasons, they would have definitely made a deep run. Well, I, I think I don't think they think he's a bum. I think I think they know what kind of talent they have on their hands. Like, I, I I don't think they they expect to do anything without Neymar. I think. So I you genuinely... don't think. You don't think you know stuff like this might push him to leave earlier, maybe even January? I think I think he's gone. I like whether he leaves in January or he leaves in. I I do not see Neymar staying at, at PSG. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. But you know, if there was any chance of him staying, or any hope that he wanted to stay, then I think this is. I think that game pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah, he's killed everything off. Yeah, <laughs> he's but not I mean, having hey, any second thoughts in, the, in his sleep. Hey man, ninety second ninety second minute. That was, that was class. Every, it was funny because the entire stadium got quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, he had a very low. It was weird. It was really weird. It was a very low key celebration. Also, I was hoping he'd do something like you know, cup his like cup his ears or Man, something like that. PSG ultras. If he cupped his ears, they'd throw stones at his ears. All right. <laughs> I mean, Icardi must have. Icardi must have been like, ah, shit. Here we go again. Ultras. Yeah, Icardi's versus... <laughs> right at home, bro. Icardi's right at home. Oh, He's Icardi, just happy Icardi they're not like, doing it this time. <laughs> yeah, and um, so yeah, I think. Other, I guess, the other big story in France was, um, you know, Monaco being absolute shit again. And they blew the lead. I, I, my friend again, he was getting notifications on his phone. I said, okay, two zero, it's good. Ben Yedder balling, no big deal. Andre yeah, Villas Boas, my guy. Marseille comes back and win the game. Oh, yeah, I think I think it's funny because you know a couple of years ago Monaco were this the downfall of Monaco in the past couple of seasons has been uncanny. This dude Jardine was being hyped up as like what a top five cent coach. Yeah, and I mean, uh, to be fair, like their their squad reeks, but I mean, wow. do they reek though, bro? They don't. Ha- they don't have a team that should be in the bottom three. Like there, are, there are no relegations on right now. Their team is not that bad. But yeah, I mean, who knows? I think I think Jardim, that's over. Fabregas. He's out. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But yeah, that's about France, and so let's move to Spain. So, yeah, you watched this game. I didn't really watch it. So I'll let you cover it. I mean, I'll start. We'll start with Madrid. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't watch either of the Madrid teams, but um, Real Madrid, comfortable 3-1 win. Um, Hazard played for the, for the first time. Um, mm. uh, and uh, surprisingly, Atletico Madrid lost this weekend. They've been a little shaky, bro. They, they, they came back from 2-0 down the other day, too. Yeah, it's... <coughs> um, you know, people have, like, you know, I think rightly so have been, you know, gassing Atletico Madrid, but I think they've been gassing them too much. Um, I think Atletico Madrid, they have a really good young team. I, I don't think they have what it takes to win La Liga. That's, that's something that really requires a deep, experienced team to be messy over 38 games. But I think Champions League, they could, they could make a decent run. They could go semifinals. Yeah, I mean, like, Felix, you know, like, people love to, you know, tout Felix as, you know, generational talent and you know he might be but you know he's never played a full season in a top flight league yet so i was i was reading mad disrespect about rashford comparing him to felix like come on man like 
I like the slender restaurant as much as the next person, but we're talking about a guy who, who scores goals consistently. Joe Felix has had a what? One year? Like, not even uh, one year. Consistently, consistently, let's relax now. Consistently. Hey, what, how many goals did he score last year? 14? 10 or something? Let's see if Joe Felix scores 14 in La Liga. Yeah, I mean, give him a season, but um, talk about young talents. Ansu Fati? I heard about this kid, man. Uh, I saw the goal that he scored off the DL fest. So, you know, Dembele better wake up, bro. The 16-year-old kid is the real deal. Nah, Dembele's dusted, bro. Bro, like Dembu's, bro. You know how we... Uh, shout out to... Uh, shout out to GoatJR10 on Twitter, bro. His old app, but... Uh, I know I know. someone was... We talked about how, you know, racially abused Jamie is, you know, probably one of the best strikers in, in um, form right now. This man, <laughs> this, this man said, catch me in, catch me in Camp News, yelling racist chants at them. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> uh, but the Fatu looked great. And I will say, um, Barcelona as a whole looked very good. They looked a cohesive team. Uh, this was the first time it was Artur, Busquets, uh, Frankie in the midfield. And that midfield yeah. was amazing. Would you say, can you amazing. repeat that? Busquets, Arthur, and, uh, and Frankie. Uh, that's decent. Yeah, yeah. That's decent. That's a Barca. So, that's a Barca midfield right there. Right, yeah. And you know, there was a lot of talk about Busquets being washed, and he's done. And obviously, you know, he's not the same player as he was a couple of seasons ago. But the yeah. guy's brain still goes faster than anyone's. And you know, with instead of having Rakitic, who would kind of sit right next to him, and then Artur, who kind of whose positional awareness isn't, you know, what it should be. Um, just like the you know the spaces they were picking up you know the triangles they were forming the midfield was dominant just and, as just as an outside fan i mean you look at the, the midfield barcelona's had it the last few years you have paulinho rakitic of course yeah rakitic had a few decent years vidal even uh who else was there Arda like, Turan. like these these are decent good. players individually but they're not barcelona midfielders like you think of the the xavi Iniesta, busquets midfield and like honestly the artur artur kind of reminds me a bit of a, a xavi Mm-hmm. Frankie Just, De Jong, of course, is a player on his own, and then of course Busquets right there. That's what you you think of when you think of like Barcelona, right? And I mean, even like the old Barcelona team, they had you know Sadio Keita coming off the bench, and you know Vidal. Yeah, yeah. So like they, you, you do need that kind of you know different um, dynamic in there, but. You know, Frankie for the first time was get got to play midfield, and you know you can just see his qualities. Like, there's a lot of like you know things that you know we both play midfield, and you know you get the ball. The simple thing is to, you know, just pass it wide or pass it back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Frankie, Frankie's ability to, you know, defeat the press and go forward is, is second to none. And he just gets them out of so many good situations. And it'll definitely help them against, you know, teams like Dortmund, you know, in Champions League. We're going to yep. pressure them. So there's that. And I will say, you know, Griezmann, great clinic and false nine play. I can't wait to see him play when Messi comes back, how they, like, link up with each other. Suarez came in too and he scored too, right? Yeah, he scored two really good goals. So yeah, I hope was, to see, I hope to see Suarez as like a sixth man of the year. You know, Lou will sixth man of the year. Shout out Lou will, <laughs> bro. But like, yeah, I think Suarez. You know, use him sparingly. He's still a good goal scorer. Still one of the mm. best around. But yeah, just overwork him. And I think that's why you know we'll go into this later. I know one of the questions was about Neymar. Why did they want to come back? But they definitely need like a one v one specialist in this team. Someone who can provide with. Yep. And. Dembele was supposed to be that guy. Maybe he still can be, but you know this Ansu Fati uh, kid, baller. Sixteen and, uh, years old, man. That's wild. That's absolutely crazy. That this kid is what five years younger than us. Wow. Yeah, and shout know, out him. Goal and assist already on his debut and uh, yeah, starting not debut. Bad. That's not bad. More league goals than uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, as we move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Messi coming back too. So it's looking good for Barcelona right now. 
Yep, yep. But uh, as we look forward, anything, anything, in, anything in Syria you caught yeah. your eye? Oh, I mean, Juventus, what they, they drew against Fiorentina. Yeah, so yeah. Inter, Inter Milan got a scrappy win against Udinese, 10 men, Alexis Sanchez debut. That picture killed me, Pen. Did you see the uh, the picture of Alexis Sanchez, like, doing it's the funny. same, like, kneeling pose? At, oh. Yeah, he's funny. Bro, it's his, it's his thing. It's his trademark. <laughs> I was like, I was reading two Inter Milan fans were, were already uh, turning on Lukaku. Really? Very surprising. surprising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I think the big thing this week, Champions League, it's back. Yeah, it's back for for certain people, not for us, man. I mean, the, the better competition is on Thursday, anyways. We we all need yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. That tr- that trophy is nicer, anyways. That Europa League trophy. Yeah, I mean, come on, Mickey yes. Mouse ears versus that. Like, come on. Man. Yeah, yeah. Overrated. But, uh, any fixtures this week that caught your that catching your eye? There's a few. There's a few decent ones. Let me pull them up right now. So we got Napoli versus Liverpool, a rematch of the group stage last year. They're mm-hmm. playing in Naples. What do you th- What do you think about that? I, I see a draw, to be honest. Napoli Liverpool. I haven't really kept up with Napoli. Um, it's the know, same King thing, Carlo. though. Like, yeah, yeah, King Carlo, Carlo my guy. But um, away at Napoli, it depends. I think, yeah, I think a draw would be fair. I, I would I'd a, be surprised if Liverpool won, to be honest. Away, first time uh, as a game. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think I think Napoli is definitely a tough environment to go to. Their fans are definitely definitely wild. I think it's a draw. Uh, next next game that really caught my eye: Dortmund Barca. Is Messi back? Messi. I think I think Valverde said that. It'll be it's it's gonna be unlikely that Messi plays, but he's training again, so who knows? Maybe he comes as a sub. Is it is it at Dortmund or is it in? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it real, bro. It's at Dortmund. I think Dortmund win. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see Dortmund winning, but once again, like that hostile environment, you know, it's gonna be like an Anfield esque kind of game for them, and I think it'll be a good test, a good warm up for Artur and Frankie to be able to play in that kind of environment. Yeah, I think they'll do well. They'll do well. But it's just the lack of you know strike force. Dortmund are flying this year too, man. I mean, Jaden Sancho has upped his game to a crazy level. We'll talk more about him later too. But Dortmund, yeah, two assists this weekend. Yep. Two assists again this weekend. I think you. I think you won Bundesliga Player of the Month, no? Ooh, that FIFA card's gonna look fired then, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, that card. I saw saw they gave my guy seventy seven uh, finishing this year too. Let's go. Passing. Uh, next passing. game. Next. Oh, was it? I think it was seventy two passing. They disrespected him in something, but I know last year, man, you could not use that card. Uh, next game that caught my eye, Atletico Juventus, rematch of last year's uh, round of 16, when uh, where is Aldo, it? as he usually does, Atletico Juventus. Where is it? Uh, oh, it's uh, at, uh, what's it, what's the, Wanda Metropolina. Hmm. Um, I think Atletico will win. You Metropo- know, I think Metro- what is it, Metro- Metropolitano? Yeah, Metropolitano. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Atletico will win. But Juventus, they look kind of funky. I got a draw. I, I see a draw. I think Juventus, Juventus in an away game, Mertz is sorry. I think, I think he'll go in a little pragmatic. Atletico Madrid, maybe, maybe other Atletico dude. teams. Well, pragmatic? Yeah, fair enough. I, I don't know, though. I think, I think this is a newer Atletico Madrid team. A lot of these guys haven't played in the Champions League. They haven't played a team as experienced as Juventus. I, I could see a draw. I'm going to go Atletico win. Atletico win. All right. Decent. PSG Real Madrid, the, the game that no one is playing in. Yeah, no Mbappe, no Neymar. Hazard, I think Hazard's gonna play. It's it's at the Bernabeu or? Uh, it's at uh, the Parc des Princes. So uh, I think I think Real Madrid will win. PSG's don't have anyone. don't have anyone playing, bro. I mean, yeah, but Real Madrid is not. I don't know, man. I with Hazard back, maybe Mario Icardi madness, bro. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Madrid win. 
I would I could draw as well. I'm, I'm staying on the fence this, this whole week, bro. <laughs> I'm going draw. Uh, any other good games? Probably not, to be honest. Chelsea-Valencia. Nah, I think Chelsea will win. Yeah, for the most part, they're they're pretty they're pretty poor games. I, I just in general, the group stage didn't do anything for me this time. Uh, so next next topic, what do we have next? So um, topic of the week, I think that dominated a lot of Twitter was ball playing center backs. You know, I yeah, think yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it would, DVD is got a dad to him, bro. Whatever you want to say about him, this man controls the narrative on Twitter, bro. Oh, this guy. My days, yo, why can't you guys stop talking about Van Dyke? My timeline does not need to see anything more about this guy, man. I'm, I'm, I mean, it was, all, it was a couple. Of, it was a couple of days of Van Dyke versus oh Vidic, and like Van Dyke over Vidic, guys. T- before you tweet stuff like this, put the phone down, walk to your nearest mirror, look at yourself in the mirror, and just question what you're about to tweet. Vidic, damn, there's levels to this. Van Dyke is quality, but there are levels to this. I like. I'm not even like. Like Van Dyke is obviously a great center back, he's, but like give the great. man at least like two two more years of doing this consistently before yeah, putting v- him on pedestals. V- like this. one okay. To be fair, Van Dyke also won Player of the Year, but Vidic three peated back to back Champions League. Obviously, Van Dyke also went back to back Player of the Year, but he did it for so long, man. Like he did it for seven. Yeah, Vidic was, like, was top for a while, man. And you have to remember too, he was playing. There was a point where him and Ferdinand were the two best center backs. But there was also a point where he was carrying Ferdinand, and he was playing with Johnny Evans at one point too. Yeah, Chris, nah, Vidic's levels, bro. Come on. Nah, there, there was a point where him and Ferdinand barely played with each other. Like one would be injured and the other would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, they, they took away the captaincy from Ferdinand because of that. Like he, he couldn't play every game. Right. But I mean, again, look at like that. Then it became a ball playing center back uh, conversation, and people were saying, you know, Van Dyke is the best ball playing center back, also. Nah, no chance. So, you know, that got stuff, you know, that got a lot of people talking. And I was curious to see who, who, who do you think. What do you think makes a good ball playing center back? Is it pinging? What do I, what do I think makes a good ball playing center back? Like, what do you think? What what characteristics? Uh, I think the the one that even I will say even me the one that most people go for is that that beautiful like over the top ball or like cross cross field diagonal ball in the mm-hmm. air like the aesthetic view and in that regard I would say look at the likes of Boateng, Bonucci, Alderweireld they excel at that. But I mean I think I, you made a good point on Twitter the other day. That uh, breaking the lines, breaking that first press, what Pique and Ramos did so well for Spain for so many years, that's also very important. So I think when I made my list, I, I definitely tried to like find a mixture of both, plus players as well who, who were good at like bringing the ball forward. So okay. that being said, you have to have David Luiz. I think that's his reassuring fact. Yeah, you know, just... David Luiz, like, if, if he's ever going to be the best, that's something it's that. So... Congratulations, man! You make my list. Mats Hummels. I mean, that video of him that that outside of the football against Liverpool that resurfaced on Twitter. I think I watched that like fifty times, man. He's yeah. I mean, you you can continue. I'll talk about him later. Yeah, and I think the third one. I, I went with Jerome Boateng. I think I think when Pep Guardiola went to uh went to Bayern and and made him like one of the key figures of that team. I mean, you had that Hummels, Boateng, Neuer, Trident. Boateng's cross-field passing is absolutely incredible, man. Right. And I, I mean, it's really impressive coming from Man City. Like, the guy couldn't kick a ball. Like, he was actually dead. But, uh, yeah, he definitely improved under uh, Guardiola. Go ahead. Let's hear your list. So, yeah, I mean, just going back to the point I was making earlier, I think definitely breaking the lines requires a lot more skill and a lead. Just, you know, anybody can play those cross-field ping passes. 
Yep. No, I mean, not anybody, but like it's a lot easier, you know, give give anybody time and space in the professional level and they'll be able to pick, they'll pick someone out. So, you know, I really, I think I took more, more into account the quality of the passes you can play, opening teams up yep. and, you know, actually being able to take the ball forward. So my number one was Matt Tummels. Um, Matt Tummels, I think for me in this generation and my generation has been far and away the best. Um, he's not the same defender as he used to be, but the guy's like the guy's passing. He's always been able to just you know, he, he's his passing would make so many midfielders proud. Um, I, I think I think he's clear in a way. My number one, uh, number yep. two, I'll give it to David Luiz. Like obviously, mm-hmm. as you said, you know David yep. Luiz. Um, some of the passes he picks out are just sensational, and you know he's very like Homo's not regard, but I just think Homo's is a different standard to him. Okay. And then third is a I think third is a toss up between like four or five players for me. So, yeah. um, currently, I would say Marquinhos, very underrated on the ball. Marquinhos Mar- is a good show. Marquinhos, Marquinhos is a show I did not think about. Some of, the, some of the assists that he had, just some of the balls that he was playing last year um, under Tuchel. I mean, amazing. I mean, you look, he, he plays CDM at times for PSG. Like, he's that good on the ball. Exactly. Um, Thiago Silva, one of the... Um, him also. And then uh, our boy, Slabhead, Maguire, bro. Yeah, he's, he's good, good man. And he's quality. He's he's great at you know driving with the ball. He's so like he's great at finding like those swift passes. So he's yeah. definitely up there. But I definitely decided to. Those are all three. I think um, you know reasonable shouts. I think Sergio Ramos also honorable mention. Um, yep. He's on the ball. I think I'm going to go with PK as number three. Um, PK pretty much for about what, a decade has been the one that's started the first attack for Spain for Barcelona. And you know if he wasn't so good on the ball and he wasn't so comfortable on the ball. You know, like I've seen him, you know, just get on the ball and, you know, chip it to the keeper over like three guys and go up and yeah. go. It's just a staple of how Barcelona play. And I think I have to put him there based on his longevity and just his absolute peak on the ball. Uh, that's, that's fair enough. Yep. But yeah, those I think would be my top three uh, ball playing center backs. And I think it's definitely one of the most, uh, even Laporte, I'll give him a lot of credit too. I'll, I'll tell you one that one that got brought up a lot, and depends if you consider him even a center back. I know he played center back last year. Daily Blind, man. Not sure. It's definitely looking more and more like a worse decision that United let him go so so easily. I I definitely wasn't one of his best biggest fans, but I also think we we misused him a lot. I I, I was watching uh shout out footballia that website. I was watching mm-hmm. uh the the first few games that he played under Van Hals United when he was being used as a CDM just sitting in front of the back four and I, I can't for the life of me understand why we moved him from there because he was absolutely class at that so calm on the ball but uh yeah at center back last year he he, he had a great season with the like right he did uh no so I think I think those are three I think I think both our lists are pretty you know formidable yeah, yeah, yeah decent so we set up a curious cat as a way of, as a means of you know garnering uh questions from the audience it's like a, a good way to interact with you guys and see what yeah, you're doing. Yeah. And so I think we're just going to run through some of them right now and you know, answer yeah, them. Yeah. So I got I got it open real quick. Oh, I got a new inbox. Man, I, yeah, I got, got a new message. Just this yeah. daily question. What would... I don't give a damn about what my ideal way of seeking discomfort. Are you dumb? So uh, you want to you take the first question? I know your boy. Um, I think yeah, your boy yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking about the, the Barcelona one, right? No, no. What do, you, what do you think it says about English players for the fact that many of their top players don't leave the Prem? Ah, good question. Oh, yeah. Shout out, Marquise. Good question that you asked there. Uh, 
I don't know about that, to be honest, because you definitely had that time at Real Madrid, especially when you had David Beckham, Michael Lowen, Jonathan Woodgate. I think uh, McManaman was there for a few years, too. But mm-hmm. other, outside of McManaman, all three of those weren't like outstanding successes. And uh, I know you had Joey Barton at Marseille at one point. Um, and then you have Gareth Bale at Real Madrid. Gareth Bale is definitely one of the bigger success stories, of course. You look at but, the stats, I mean, if you look at if, but if you look at Gareth Bale's like seasons, each season in Madrid, I'd say he's had one, yeah. maybe one consistent. He had one good season, overall season. He's been injured for so many of them. He's been in and out. That's so, I mean, fair, but here, here's, success, what think, like, here's what I would it's a success for sure. But you know, it wasn't something that like dude came in and revolutionized Real Madrid or something like that. Yeah, of course, but I. The thing is, I don't think he had to revolutionize Real Madrid. Like he was coming to to run all those teams, and I think you look at would they would they do that signing again? I think yes. But uh, my point really, like going from that, is that I think it's it's all about like a comfort zone that I think that English players are afraid to to break. I mean, in countries like like you see so many French Spanish players come in, they they have a basic understanding. I feel of English already, and I feel like the English are so like. Maybe I'm sounding a little biased here, but I feel like the, the English players are so so stuck in their culture, so stuck in what they know that I feel like they're afraid to make the next step. And I, I really like what I'm seeing from young English players like uh, Jaden Sancho, of course, Reese Oxford, Reese Nelson. Uh, I think there was one more that, that are taking the step actually to go to the Bundesliga and try and uh, to start their careers there instead of staying like Jaden Sancho, uh, not Jaden Sancho, uh, Phil Foden, Angel Gomes. Staying, staying at these clubs and not getting their chances, going to Germany, fitting in English academies. Yeah, fitting in youth. English is obviously a predominant language in Germany. Of course, I think actually the way the youth academies and like they, the way they treat young players in Germany is very similar to the way they do in England. So I think there is like, it's not as big a culture gap, but going directly from England to Spain, that's a, that's a tough thing to do. And again, when you see so many like failures, why would you be? Why would you try and be the one to like to try and break the stigma when you've seen so many other fail? I know Kieran Trippier went there this year, Atletico Madrid, but it's de- it's definitely a tough it's definitely a tough culture uh, barrier to break. And there's always, I think, maybe even in like youth academies for Premier League teams, where you know they want the young English players to you know, flourish and they want them to play, and so you know there might be a hint of bias that you know they make it to the top or something like that. So yeah, I don't I don't know I don't think. I don't think it'll ever change that much. You know, I mean, England's had their golden generation before, and those players didn't leave. Um, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know what it would take because we've seen so many different examples. Like, we saw Gareth Bale go there, and like again, like he did relatively well. Jaden Sancho is doing relatively well, but it's not sparking like a massive movement of people going right. there. I mean, so I, I don't like, know what would do it. There's like that one person, you know, Gary Lineker of Barcelona, or you know, yeah, yeah Gary. Yep, yep. Uh, who who was it? Uh, the old Glenn Hoddle, Glenn Hoddle mm-hmm. played, uh, Ian Rush played. Those were more in the olden days, though, uh, like at Juventus and teams like that. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what it would take. But like you said, yeah, it's definitely it's I think it's definitely a culture thing, to be honest. So let's see. A couple questions on Neymar. I'll, I'll I guess I'll answer these ones. Yeah, so yeah, so before that one, someone asked, is Neymar top, top three in the world? Uh, he's been top two for a while now, buddy. Catch up. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, good. <laughs> he's, he's been top two for a bit now. But let's see. So this is about Barcelona also. So the first question is, why the fuck haven't Barcelona sacked Valverde? And this is a great question. Um, I think last year they should have definitely sacked him. 
after Liverpool game. But I will say, I think the players like Valverde for you know the freedoms he gives. He's a how, yes man. Yeah, he's he's not going to you know. Like I'll, I'll talk about like let's see like the Patriots right. So obviously the Patriots are my favorite football team, and Bill Belichick, who's their coach, treats every player pretty much the same. You know, Tom Brady is just as much just the same guy as you know the third string quarterback. He won't. He's not afraid to yell at him or berate him. Whereas you know Valverde, you know, seems like he's kind of like a coward. He's like an introvert. He's not gonna you know tell Messi you know like I need you to do this. You know, Messi. Obviously Messi's Messi, but he's not gonna say you know like do this. He's not. He's gonna not gonna be afraid to you know bench Rakitic, whereas maybe you know someone else would come in and tell Rakitic like, "No, nah, you're done." It's I feel like Valverde. I think this is gonna be his last season. I, I don't think unless I think you unless you win the Champions League, this is gonna be his last season. But who's so a bigger coward, stop. Unai Emery or uh, Valverde? Here's the Unai thing. Emery. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Valverde because Unai Emery doesn't have Lionel Messi on his team. He doesn't manage yeah. the players that Valverde plays uh, manages. But yeah. go on. But those those two Champions League losses were pretty bad, especially oh, yeah, the, especially the Anfield one, especially the Anfield one. Yeah. But they're not gonna sack him. Definitely not in the season. You know, Messi will come back, give probably hand them another league, take them far in the Champions League. It is what it is. There's no one. They're not gonna sack him in the middle, but. This one is, I think, more interesting about... Um, so the second part of the question is, what is the logic behind certain Barca fans wanting Neymar back? And I, I get it. Some Barca fans, you know, seem that price tag might be too high, injury concerns, um, personality, blah, blah, blah. But Neymar, first of all, quality-wise, like I said, top two in the world. It's not like you're going to say no to that if given the chance. Like, if he wants to come back, you're going to play him. Third thing... Barcelona's forward options are very bleak. You look right now, you know, Messi injured. You have Griezmann, uh, an old Suarez, and then an uh, unreliable Dembele. So you put Neymar in the mix, uh, right away your depth is better. Second, the profile that Neymar gives you is, not, is one that nobody in the Barcelona team has in terms of a cre- he's a creative player on the level of Messi. He's a finisher on the level of Messi. And then he's the only true wide player they could have. True. They don't have a. They don't. They don't really have a one v one specialist. Like Messi's not a one v one player anymore. Really, he's kind of play between the spaces, one twos. He's not the same person, you know, a couple of years ago who would take the ball, say, you know, ISO ISO Messi, and then go three past three or four players and score. He's not the same player anymore. So you bring Neymar back. It's easier for Griezmann to shine. It's easier for Messi. There's less of a load on Suarez. You prolong Suarez's uh, tenure. So I, I don't see a big enough reason for him not to come back. He won't hamper anyone's development. He prolongs Messi's career. And you have, a, you have the second best player in the world on your team. Why would you not want him back? That's not a bad argument. Yeah, I, yeah fair enough. I. In terms of play style, I don't think any Barcelona fan can question that. I think, I think the the thing that again this goes back to the parrot, the PSG fans. I think it's it's more of a question of pride and like, just like team chemistry and stuff like that. Like, I I can promise you, like if Paul Pogba was doing the same thing as Neymar, like I definitely wouldn't want. I wouldn't be as keen on Paul Pogba as I may as I may be otherwise. So I I can kind of see where Barcelona fans are coming from on this one. Just because they're fans of Barcelona, they're not fans of Neymar. Or maybe in your case, you're fans of both. 
Right. But I mean, like, I, it's, I feel like it's in the best interest. Like, you're telling me if maybe if Bar- Neymar wasn't at Anfield last year, he doesn't bag one of the chances or he doesn't set up another chance. It's like, I just think it's a player that they just can't afford in the, this current situation. You know, I think it's inevitable, too. I think I think he'll end up at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll answer one more curious que- uh, curious ca- uh, question. Again, right before I answer this one, definitely make sure to uh, to give us some questions, man. Like We like doing this. We definitely like hearing what you guys have to say. But uh, the last one, uh, Anonymous, I think UCL groups could take a page out of the NCAA tourney format of seeding to come up with more interesting groups rather than draws. As we've seen with many of the recent tournaments, there's been a lot of lopsided brackets. Croatia making it to the World Cup final as an example. So, what is he saying? Like one through sixteen? Like uh, one yeah, through sixteen? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the UCL draws are seated. First of all, like yeah. you put play, the teams are seated, so it wouldn't actually be that much different than what it is right now. I'm gonna stick to the World Cup. Actually, I think the World Cup. If you look at the past tournaments, maybe not this year. Let's actually let's take it this year. Croatia weren't the top seeded team in their group. Argentina were, and right. so that, were that's they? technically like a, were, uh, yeah. Argentina were were like the, the number one like team like drawn into their group. Even even though they came through like they were like oh they, they did they finish third or fourth in the well uh, I can't remember what they finished in but I think it's it's the fact that it, it's not just their qualifying right isn't it like uh like further um what's it called or like past successes anyways my 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 main point was that. If you look at the Croatia thing, I don't think it is a, a case of like past tournaments. I think this is a very like one-off thing that you have a small country like Croatia making it to the past few tournaments. Because you look at like other like let's look at the last tournament in 2014. Who was it? Brazil, Germany, Netherlands, and Argentina. Those are four footballing powerhouses. Mm-hmm. You look at the, the the World Cup before it was uh, Spain, Germany, Netherlands, Uruguay. Uruguay, and Uruguay had a really good team that year. And you look at four years before that, France, Italy. What is it? Portugal. Uh, Portugal, Germany. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the one before that, Brazil versus Germany. So like, I, I feel like for the most part, you always get the four the four powerhouses: three European teams, one South American. Right, but okay, but even like <laughs> Croatia, also you know they were pro- they were one they were one of the best teams there. They were easily the yeah, best team re- in the group. Realistically, who who so, missed out for Croatia? Maybe Brazil. Not like Brazil was was an okay team. I, I would say Belgium, England. Maybe England too. I, th- I think just in general, I, mean, even, I think England was very over. Stuff. England was very overrated. I, like they got lucky to make it as far as they did. The draw was. Here's the thing, tight. though. You say they got lucky. Who missed out? Maybe Brazil, just because they have they had honestly not even Brazil really. They didn't, they didn't play a great tournament. Yeah, I mean maybe like Uruguay. You know, I mean they were quarter finalists. Yeah, so I think but usually the knockout think rounds. The like, knockout rounds are usually pretty indicative of how what good teams are but yeah like the, it's not like the groups in the world cup or any like better or anything yeah you usually have like one good team one decent team one less than decent team and one bad team i feel like that i feel i feel like the way they do the world cup is, is fairly good the only the only way i feel like they can change it is if they put only the group winners or something i mean they, they do that anyway right they put the group winners on lot one and seed one yeah, pot one. Pot two is like, yeah, they they definitely do that. So, I mean, it's just the fact of like, there's just so many teams that it gets saturated. But once they filter out them and you start the round of 16 matches, then there's great matches. Yeah, plus, plus the fact that like seeing teams, I, th- I feel like seeing teams like Russia go to the quarterfinals, beating teams like Spain and on penalties, 
uh, Costa Rica a few years ago. That that's what makes the World Cup great. Like, yeah. what what what? Yeah, like I think that that's what makes the World Cup such a beautiful event is that so many small teams have a chance at competing for the ultimate prize. But and like, I, we definitely appreciate before, yeah, and like and before, like also, it's a fact that there's just so many more teams now. Like before, yeah. you know, qualifying for the Champions League was you had to win your league. There wasn't you know a top four finish or something like that. Yeah, and. I mean, the, the groups have always been like this. There's still always, like, good games. It's just that we've seen these game pictures so much. You know, Atleti, Juve, Dor- uh, like, Barca's group is very similar. Yeah. So it is, it is just what it is. I think it, we're, just, it's just, we're just not too keen on it because we've seen it so many times. We just kind of want new pictures and stuff like that. Anyways, yeah, good good questions that we got this week for sure. Definitely keep it up. We'll, we'll keep tweeting out that link. Uh, finish it off. Whole lot of mid of the week. All right, go, go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. So I definitely add it between Unai Emery. I've definitely not been shy about my criticism for him. Or uh, Nicolas Otamendi. And I think Otamendi would be unfair to give it to him because John Stones was also extremely mid. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna point it on one person. I'm gonna point it on the biggest mid of all, the whole week. Unai Emery, you're a coward. You're a schmuck. Horrible performance. The exit's coming soon, but keep up the results because United fans love it. You are my mid of the week. So um, you know, going along the lines of your thinking, City center back, although a little bit older. I'm going with Vincent Company. Oh, That's my whole lot. Oh my god, bro! This man had a testimonial and missed it because he was injured. How on brand can this man be, bro? He might be Late. mid of the season, to be honest, bro. Do, do you hear the story about Underlecht? He was the player manager, and he basically like stepped down from manager like four games in because they lost all their games. Yeah, dude. Honestly, just making my mid nomination even better, man. This guy. <laughs> and then not only not only does he miss his game, whatever, like he's obviously joking, like, haha, I'm injured. Shocker. Yeah. But then this man goes and says Van Dyke's to go. Oh, I forgot he said that. Nah, you win you win mid of the week this week. My fault. Nah, congratulations, Rick. You bro, you chose is- the best. <laughs> That's jokes, bro. Company, man. I, I actually liked Company, too. I used to always yeah, like yeah, yeah. He was one of the few City players I actually admired. But nah, you're you're a whole lot of mid. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, was, I was dying, bro, when I saw someone, when I saw, like, someone say at the press conference that Company said <laughs> he can't play in his own testimonial, bro. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Vincent Company is my whole lot of mid of the week. Love to and, hear uh, it. Love to hear it. Well, Arsenal, an Arsenal coach and a former Man City player. That's a, that's a great week for United, man. <laughs> Uh, just to wrap it up, uh, again, thank you for listening. If you got this far, we, we definitely appreciate you. Keep up the great support on the on the Twitter account. Keep up the great support on the Curious Cat. We'll have another giveaway um, or, or, or something for you guys next week for sure. We'll put some timestamps in. So, you know, if there's something that catches your eye, obviously, you know, a lot yeah. of people aren't going to listen to the whole thing so long, but there's definitely we'll put timestamps in. You can um, check out what you like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Think, uh, uh, we, we got a big episode for you guys next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we got some guest speakers coming in. Uh, next yep. week is Chelsea Liverpool. And we're getting yep, a Chelsea yeah. fan in. We're getting a Chelsea fan in. And um, a Liverpool fan, I guess you can call him. We can call him a Liverpool fan. He's a Liverpool fan. <laughs> yeah, He'll yeah. say he's an Arsenal fan, but this man's a Liverpool fan. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to have them come in. Uh, two of our good friends. Yeah. Uh, probably know. Two of our good friends. Um. And then we'll talk about one of the one of the questions we got were top five mids, actual mids, not mid of the yeah, week, yeah, yeah. top five central <laughs> mids. And I think even though his it. selections might be mid, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So 
it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a good polarizing question because um, yep. I know all five of us have very differing tastes in midfielders. Um, Elias likes the robotic crossing spamming types. Oh, relax, bro. I like De Bruyne. I, I like effectiveness. Right, right. But so I think yeah, it's gonna be now big next week. Um, you know, let us know if there's anything you'd like to see. If there's anything. Yep. Keep up with the questions. There's um, any, you know features or you know topics or something you'd like to see and definitely follow up you know definitely tell your friends um, i i did say we are we are the the best voted podcast uh, by, zero by zero people exactly but, <laughs> uh, yeah definitely yeah a lot of a lot of good feedback recently so nah we love the support man 81 followers in one day shout out kobe but that's that's nuts we love we love the support man shout out jalen rose but uh yeah <laughs> Uh, Bob, so yeah, thank you so much. Another, yeah, this has been another episode of Whole Lot of Mid. We'll see you when we see you.